Welcome back to Inside TBT, week two of our nine straight weeks of reliving the first nine TBTs. This one, we're going back to 2015. We got Eric McCollum and Travis Bader on the show to talk about overseas elite who won four straight TBT championships and 29 straight games from 2015 to 2019. Absolutely incredible. May never happen again in basketball, four straight championships. What you don't know is that this team almost never happened. You'll hear a lot more about that in these interviews with Eric McCollum and Travis Bader. Let's get to those interviews right now. All right, I'm here with Eric McCollum, TBT royalty, four-time winner, has made a lot of money from TBT. Eric, from Overseas Elite, Eric McCollum, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Anytime I can do something for the TBT fam, you know, I'm always all in. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're winding the clocks way back for the next few months because it's the TBT 10 tournament anniversary. This is going to be the 10th tournament. Overseas Elite, you guys, you won four of them. I want you to wind the clocks way back. Can you talk about, you know, before your first ever Overseas Elite game? Yeah, it was kind of a scramble. Um, we assembled a good team. We thought we had the pieces. We had the players. Just the problem was just getting everybody, you know, on the same page at the same time, at the same location. You know, a lot of guys had prior engagements, prior commitments, and it made it extremely difficult um, to field our entire roster. Um, so we were stuck with the situation of, well, we even have five guys. And <laughs> at that point, we, we had four. And then um, we luckily had a fifth guy come in. Travis Bader kind of saved the day, gave us our fifth guy. Um, literally flew in straight from summer league. Um, you know, right from the plane, came off the plane, met us at the gym, came running in uh, maybe five minutes before tip-off, and we were able to fill the team. So, I mean, uh, essentially, Travis Bader was uh, the key to the start um, <laughs> of, of the dynasty. And, and from there, we knew, like, if we could just get out of this weekend, uh, we would have the rest of the roster show up. But it's extremely difficult with the talents there. And um, the second day, we luckily got a second player to come and show up. And we had six guys. And that was able to get us through that to that trying time. And then, I mean, because you just talk a little bit about what happened from there, you know, Real, we'll, we'll talk about the nitty gritty individual games, individual moments, but just those four years after that, that five fifth man shows up. I mean, go from there. Like it started just to become a award win. Um, you start the tournament, it's early in the TVT year, so you know, a lot of people aren't sure about the tournament. Um, does it really pay out? You know, at that time it was one million dollars. Does it really pay one million? Is this for real? You know, guys are wondering, like we've never seen a tournament like this. Um, one that's open to everybody, one that has that dynamic where you're going to have high quality basketball, where you have pros from all over the world. Like you would never think that this exists and to win a million dollars. Then, you know, we're trying to fill teams together because there's a lot of people who, you know, because of the newness of the TVT, they didn't know how realistic it was for this to actually be true. And, you know, once we won, you know, the first one and we played, I have guys hitting me up that play um, throughout the countries um, 
everywhere in Europe, um, some in the U.S., and they were asking me, did you guys really get a million dollars? And I'm like, uh, yeah, we, we really did. I, um, <laughs> I almost wanted to say no so that less people would, you know, try to continue to climb into the TBT. But, you know, I figure if you're the best and you want to continue to be the best, you need to play the best. And then we literally transitioned from that first year of struggling to get guys on the roster, struggling to get guys to commit to now, um, we became a team that were turning down quality basketball players, guys who are um, well-known, um, highly recommended, um, great resumes. And it was to the point where I, were, I was getting guys hitting me up every summer. Like, I want to play. I want to play with you. I want to play with you. I want to play with the team. And, you know, it almost became to the point where people just felt like overseas elite equaled guaranteed money. And, you know, I wish that was the case. It is not the case. I mean, it, we had some close games. We had some struggles, some ups and downs, um, but we did have excellent chemistry. And I think, you know, if we were odd makers um, in Vegas, we would have been the, the odds in favorite to win, but it was not guaranteed, especially in the one game format. As we see, like every year, it's pretty much been a different champion um, since we've um, stepped down from um, the throne. So in the basketball world, in the TBT world, do you think we'll ever see a four-peat again? I, I just don't think it's possible, especially if you look at um, collegiate basketball, because I use that as the example just because the one-game format, um, as we all know in basketball, any day you can have a good day, you can have an off day. You know, It's kind of what makes the NCAA tournament so special because anybody can be anybody. And that's what makes the TVT so special because now it's professionals. You know, so you're getting a higher quality basketball. You're getting a higher level of talent, but you're getting that that all for one sweet stakes where it's like winner takes all. You have to be on your game every night. And if you're not, you're not playing against a, a 15 seed versus two seed. These are all professional basketball players, you know, so the, the margin of error is much smaller. Um, there's a higher stakes. We're playing for, you know, when we played, it was a million dollars the first year, two million dollars the next three years. And so like, you know, when you talk about that kind of money, you know, that can change a lot of people's financial situations. That's going to bring a different level of intensity, a different level of talent. And, you know, it was just something that was just special to be a part of. And I, I just can't see anybody else winning four, whether it's NBA, um, collegiately, um, I just, even in high school, like to win four championships in a row, um, you need good chemistry. You need guys who buy into the role. You need good health, um, and you need guys who whose egos don't get too big. Because as you see with many good groups, with many good teams, tandems, um, music, it doesn't matter. After so much success, you know, eventually everybody wants more, and it's hard to to kind of keep the pieces of the pie all even. Well, let's talk a little bit about why it worked. I mean, you said pros from all over the world play in TBT. You guys had some real good players, including yourself, but not the best players in TBT. You wouldn't say, hey, Overseas Elite has the 10 best players in TBT. So talk a little bit about the guys on your team and why you were able to win four championships in a row. I think often when constructing a team, you know, everybody wants, you know, the biggest name, you know, but sometimes the biggest name isn't the best player or isn't the best fit. So what we try to do is we try to have, um, guys who could play different ways. You know, in a tournament like this, you want to be able to play in a half court. So you need guards who are skilled, who can play the pick and roll, who can really shoot the basketball, who can space the floor. And I think you had that um, with Kyle Fogg and myself. Um, and later on, we added Jeremy Pargo. You know, that's the guy that can kind of change the pace, who can get in the paint, make things happen. But then you also needed guys, you know, who are excellent in defense, 
who can also play not only in a half court, but can play in a transition game who has size, who can switch guard multiple players. And I think when you're dealing with, you know, that type of defensive versatility, you know, you see a DeAndre Kane, you know, a bigger wing, you see a Paris Horn, a bigger wing, guys who can move their feet, who are selfless, who are willing to maybe go guard the best player for 25 minutes and take four shots, but they take pride in holding that guy to zero points. But if called upon and we needed Paris to score, or we needed DeAndre Kane to score, or they had a mismatch that night, they were more than capable of getting us 20 points that night, as they did on several occasions. So, like, those type of differences in our guards really made us special. And then you go to the bigs. You know, we had different type of bigs. We had stretch bigs. Tato Bryant could shoot the ball. Um, we had uh, bigs who liked to bang inside. Uh, you know, one year we had Dewan Blair. One year we had Will McDonald. So those are traditional back-to-the-basket physical bigs. Then we had the athletic high-flying big. John J. Jefferson runs the floor, blocks shots, can guard one through five. Same with uh, Justin Burrell. So you can switch, substitute. You can match up with any type of team, no situations. And then we we had the zone buster, Travis Bader. Anytime you, know, you played at Syracuse, we knew they were going to be in the region. We knew we needed somebody who could keep the defense honest, who could get you out that zone, who could add another shooter. And we were really, really big on having that versatility, but also character. You know, there's a lot of good players out there. There's a lot of guys who are extremely talented. But how many guys are willing to, to sacrifice for the team? How many guys are willing to do what the team needs? Maybe you can do more. You know, maybe you have more ability. But to win this million dollars or to win this $2 million, we only need you to do X, Y, and Z. And that's what made it special. We had guys who were already pros, who were already solidified in their careers, already knew where they were going, who they were, and were comfortable with their self and their identity. And a lot of guys aren't. And it sounds funny. You know, people think, well, I'm playing for $2 million. I will sacrifice that. But when ESPN is there and the bright lights are there, when you've been playing overseas your entire career and now all your family, all your friends, everyone can tune in and watch in person or on TV on national televised sites. You know, sometimes people lose sight of the picture. They start thinking about promotion, self stuff, um, uh, pushing their career and they can get outside of what the team needs. And I think uh, we did a good job of of keeping that. We had good leadership. And, you know, I think our, our big X factor, was how we use DJ Kennedy. You know, I had to save him for last because, you know, that guy was uh, crucial in our run. You know, you're talking about we used him as a four. Um, and I think um, the most success was him as a four because he could guard one through five, but he's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he's a great mismatch. If you use pick and rolls with me and um, Kyle Falk, there's a switch. And so now we have a bigger player on us. So there's an advantage on the outside. But now DJ has a smaller guy on him. You know, every team's going to have at least one point guard. And we would try to isolate that and get DJ in that mid-post area where he's an excellent player. So you take all these guys who can do a variety of things. And then every night we just took turns. We look at the roster. We look at who we were playing. And we would um, make an effort to really give the ball to that person who had the biggest advantage. Like, Kyle might have had an advantage. I might have had an advantage. Um, but if DJ had a bigger advantage, that's it was his day. And then same for me. If it one day maybe I had the biggest advantage, we played through me. And that's what made it special because we were unpredictable. We didn't gear everything towards one player. Absolutely. You know, I've heard some crazy stories about Overseas Elite and, you know, all the guys you just named. Did Overseas Elite become your basketball identity? Like, do people know you as the Overseas Elite guy? Do people know your teammates? Like, talk a little bit about what your basketball identity became because of TBT and Overseas Elite. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, everywhere we went, 
everyone always mentioned the TBT. And I think on that scale, we didn't realize just how big uh, the tournament had gotten, um, the exposure, um, and how many people were really tuned in and watching. Because this is during the dead period. Um, you know, when the NBA Finals ends, there's no basketball. You know, people are starving. And I think, you know, Dan and John did an excellent job of just putting together this when people are starved for for basketball, you know, for that 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 live, that feel, that intensity, and not just basketball of high quality, but that passion, that love. And what else can draw that out than getting guys who play at a high level but who still love the game, like, and who understand playing in Europe, playing in different places in Asia, every game counts. So now you're putting that type of mindset on guys with money attached to it for winning. So you're going to get high-level basketball. But I think people just started to recognize, you know, the talent that is overseas, um, the high-level players. And, you know, sometimes we'd randomly be some places and I would just hear people come up to me and say, man, you're, you're the guy who just wins the uh, the uh, the million-dollar tournament every year. And I just start laughing. I'm like, yeah, they would, they would just always ask and, you know, wonder how, how we just keep winning. And I'm just like, it's, it's tough, you know? And I think sometimes when you have so much success, people think that something is easy or something's guaranteed. And you'll see it with any dynasty, you know, with the Chicago Bulls when they had their run, uh, the Lakers when they had their run, Golden State. Everyone just assumes excellence is guaranteed and it's not. But it's, it's fun. And I, I was thankful for the TBT because it raised awareness um, of the talent that's out there. It gave people a platform a lot of people don't even know, you know, what happens to some of their favorite basketball players um, when they don't uh, play in the NBA and they're no longer um, in college. And I, I think that this was, you know, great for people to see their, their uh, families play, their friends play, whatever, uh, play the game. You know, some people might have older grandparents and, you know, that travel overseas, you know, is not quite, you know, right for their body or they're not able to make it. And I think, you know, playing in this tournament, you know, it, it provided an opportunity for, people to get to see you play in person. And I, I think that was special, you know, in this, in itself. So there's so many different things. Everyone thinks the money, the money's great. Don't get me wrong. I love cash and checks, but, um, you know, something about playing stateside with your family, being in the comfort of your own home and, you know, being able to put forth all the work you put in and show everyone like, yeah, like, you know, I was a good player then, but you know, this is me now. And I think that's kind of what we all show that overseas elite and, you know, it allowed us to also stay in shape for the season and to prepare our careers even more. So it sounds like Overseas Elite helped changed you as a basketball player. And it sounds like Overseas Elite, you know, helped all your guys' careers, put money in your pockets. You talked a little bit about it just now, but how do you think Overseas Elite helped change the course of basketball overall? I think um, it helped uh, the TBT really grow immensely because um, every movie, every TV show, um, it needs a villain. Um, you know, Batman had his villains, Superman had his villains, and, you know, we were a group of good guys. But when you win too much, people tend not to like you. And we were guys who won a lot, and we knew we were good. And, <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes that confidence could be mistaken as, you know, arrogance. And, you know, we try to, like, stay on that boundary, you know, that border. But I think that, you know, for basketball, it we shine the light on just how talented people are, you know, throughout the world that maybe not necessarily the best uh, players in the world. There's only 450 guys in NBA. And I think people started to see that maybe, you know, there's a few guys who probably should be 
you know, in NBA. There's a few guys who deserve opportunity. And as we started to see, as the TBT started to progress and become where it is now, you start to see a few guys playing the TBT. And then the next year, you know, they're signing an NBA contract. They're signing a team. You see it with Kiefer Sykes. You know, he was with the Bayheim Army team, Syracuse alumni team. And, you know, he played excellent. He had a big shot. And then the next year, he's with the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, I'm not saying that he didn't have the talent. I think he didn't have the platform. You know, I think people knew he was a good player, but now you can see him up close and personal. You can see maybe the progress he's made since college. You can see those things. And and I know that, you know, a lot of um, teams started to watch that. Even when I went overseas, like some of my um, coaches, some of my GMs, they would watch the TBT and they would ask me about certain guys. And then when I would go uh, work out with my brother, you know, um, you know, at those NBA facilities, you know, what the current team that he was playing for, you know, they would tell me that they were watching the TBT and that they loved how we play and they loved this stuff. So like, you know, just hearing those things that taught me that, you know, eyes are everywhere. People are watching and, you know, like anything, if you're good, they'll find you. And I mean, you see it now with all the international players coming to the NBA, all the Europeans getting drafted, you know, the number one pick next year. I mean, he's, he's a freak of nature. Um, Victor Obama, he's going to be, you know, something special. So I'm just saying as an example that, I think TBT raised awareness of the talent level uh, overseas. It created more of a respect factor because um, a lot of Americans are naive to the fact um, us as a country as a whole, we just focus strictly on our country where every other country is aware of who the president is in other places. They're aware of different cultures, different things, but kind of, you know, me being overseas for 13 years in America, we kind of just absorbent with ourselves in our country and we don't know a lot about a lot of different places and so tbt kind of shed a light on that and they allow you know people to see that there's other great places and great athletes other places and it raised the profile i think um for the typical guy who plays overseas and for those guys who are high level athletes absolutely this has been awesome eric mccollum want to get you out of here but i want to give you one opportunity you know, you played overseas elite for a while, you played TBT for a while, been around it. Anything you want the people to know about this overseas elite team, about this run that we haven't covered yet, now is the time to let it all out. <laughs> I think the biggest thing, and people won't won't believe me to this day, is that we never played together um before that. Not like summer leagues, not pro-ams. We never practiced either. Um we had shooter rounds once we got to the lead eight. Like you're talking about a group of guys who had high basketball IQ, who knew how to play. And I'm not bragging like we didn't practice. I'm saying guys were at home doing their own individual training. Guys were doing their normal program. But as a team, we never came together, had a training camp like a lot of these teams do today. And I don't know if it was good or bad because maybe if we come together, we have that training camp, we can put in more sets, we could gain chemistry earlier because oftentimes we struggled the first one or two games trying to adjust to roles, trying to see how the new pieces fit. And with the training camp, we could have avoided that um, figuring out process. But also by not practicing, we allowed ourselves to have no stress, um, to not be tired, to come in open-minded um, and just to allow our instincts to take over. And I think that's what made that team so special because, you know, basketball is a game of action and reaction. I think oftentimes if you overthink and you put yourself in trouble. So uh, we didn't practice um, and we never played together and we all knew of each other. Like there might've been one or two guys who were like friends, but most of the guys played against each other 
or played with each other at one point in time, or we shared common agents. So there was like, it wasn't that factor where we're just all going to become, you know, friends. And eventually we became a family. Like we really became brothers to this day. We still talk. Um, some of us have business plans together. We have business, um, real estate together, all type of stuff. And we really pulled our resources when it comes to just basketball, when it comes to off the court, when it comes to post basketball and I think to this day, we're still there for each other, doing things. And, you know, people are in different, you know, facets of life. Um, Travis Bader, you know, is on the staff, you know, coaching the NBA. You know, he's a shooting coach and the player development coach. Um, you know, DJ Kennedy, Justin Brill, myself, Kyle Fogg was still playing. Paris Horn is coaching a prestigious prep school. Um, so, you know, guys are kind of doing their thing, but, you know, we're still intertwined. We're still connected. And, it's amazing what basketball can do for you to bring your family. But when you win something with people, um, it draws you even closer together. So I, I'm thankful for that. And overseas elite, you know, was more than just a dynasty, but it was a, it was a family. That's awesome. Eric McCollum. Have we seen the last of you playing TBT? I see you're still absolutely <laughs> killing it overseas. We're posting your highlights. Are you retired from TBT? I, I miss it. I, I won't lie. You know, that adrenaline rush, uh, being on the court, doing those things, but you know I'm um I'm strategic. You know I'm 34 years old. You know I'll be 35 in January. I've been playing a long time, and you know it's what I'm really good at. It's what I know. But I feel like there comes a time where eventually everything you know must take an end, and you know you're never really quite ready for it. You know, but but life goes on. You know there will be other TBT winners. There will be other good point guards, and there will be other players. You know when I come, when I go, it won't matter. But, you know, for me, I think it's important to transition for the next stage in my life. Um, I still love the game. I'm still working every day. I'm still, you know, having a great season here in Turkey. But um, often guys struggle post-basketball finding a passion. And when you've made a good amount of money in your life and, you know, your family's good, your needs are taken care of, I want my life to feel purposeful. I want to do something that I enjoy, that I have a passion for and that I can give to. And I feel like basketball, there's a shelf life on that. There's only so long I can continue to do that. But you know, through broadcasting, through the analysis part, through being around the game, through helping others, basketball, all these different type of things I can do, you know, help promote players do things. I feel like I can make more of an impact and I can broadcast for the next 30, 40 years. I can only play maybe for another five. <laughs> and that's like pushing it, you know, so we'll, we would love to play. I would, uh, but I think uh, it's less stress for me behind the table. Uh Let's wear and tear on my body. And, uh, you know, I, I think I, I like my record. I'm 25 and 0. You know, I've never lost. I won four titles. Uh, I want to go out like Floyd Mayweather, you know, with that perfect record. <laughs> I love it. Well, Eric, thank you a bunch. You're a absolute, not just TBT, but basketball legend. Hope to see you around TBT again this summer. Uh, thank you very much. And I'll be around for sure doing the games and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, you guys don't get too tired of me. I love it. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. Here with Travis Bader, three time TBT champion with overseas elite has made a lot of money from TBT. Travis, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, always good to kind of reflect on the TBT days. Those were you know, a little while in the past, but always good to, to kind of chop it up and talk about it. 
Absolutely. So you were a part of three championships, 2015, 2016, 2017. So three Pete of the four Pete, but there's, there's a big time story about that first game on the first championship run makes the most sense to start there. Can you take me through, you know, the lead up to the first ever overseas elite game? Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy because so I was playing summer league in Orlando. I was playing with the Thunder. And my agent, Andrew Morrison, was the you know GM of Overseas Elite at the time. And he was actually trying to convince me to play in TBT. I might have been the hardest sell from what he always describes and talks to people. Um, just because I, I was in summer league at the time, that's kind of where my focus was. Uh, you know, I was all in on that. I, I just kind of come out of college recently and still focused on, you know, I hopefully have a shot at the NBA or what my pro career would look like. And I didn't know too much about TBT, to be honest. So he was kind of talking to me throughout the week. So, you know, we need you to commit. Uh, we can make it happen. You know, I know you're going to summer league, but afterwards we'll figure it out. You'll fly in, uh, maybe not play the first game, not the second, whatever it is. You'll, you'll see how you do in the summer league and then you'll come and join us. Um, we'll have a couple guys, you know, we'll have six, seven guys. We'll be fine. And so I agreed to it and, you know, all was good. Played an early game. Um, I don't know what day it was, but I played an early game with the Thunder and ended up flying out to catch a flight to get to the TBT game. And I get, I didn't even know the whole flight. I didn't know when I landed. My agent picks me up from the airport in Atlanta, and it, I don't even remember. It was a 30-minute uh, drive to the gym. I hop in the car, and he just looks at me, and he was just like, how you feel? I was like, I feel good. You know, um, Hopefully, we can get a win first game, You know, see what it's like. And he goes, oh, that's good, man. But you're rested. Body feels good because uh, you're our fifth guy. And I was just kind of like just switch gears. And I was like, OK, I'm, I'm the fifth guy. So anybody showing up mid game? Are we going to have a sub? What's going on here? Um, so, you know, I rolled it up to the gym. I think I was 20, 30 minutes before tip off. He was telling me about, you know, we might we were going to have to forfeit if your flight got delayed and all this and that. So I ended up getting there 20, 30 minutes before we threw five on the court, played the game, rocked and, and ended up getting a nice win. So if the records indicate correctly, you had a pretty solid game, 13 points, six rebounds. Do you consider yourself a rebounding machine? Oh man. Yeah. We we're, we're just joking, but uh, you know, the 13 points of six rebounds was more impressive in my mind, but I guess when you play the entire game, you got to, you got to up your rebounding skills and you kind of got to try to do it all. Um, it was a fun game, honestly, from what I remember, it's, it's one of those things where it wasn't a packed gym by any means. It was, you know, kind of like a high school gym and there's nobody in the stands. It was TBT was pretty new. Um, and so you're kind of just out there playing ball. You're, you're kind of just playing pickup and, you know, at the time you're having fun with not coming out of the game, you know, hitting your timeouts, catching your rest, and also playing with a new group of guys that you've never played with before. Um, for a lot of us, that was our first time kind of meeting each other. And a lot of us were connected with uh, Drew Morrison, but, you know, that was our first time on court together. And we just kind of started clicking. We started figuring out each other's games. And um, so kind of looking back and reflecting on that, it, it just had this pickup feel to it. And it was just, you know, it was, it was a fun experience. So not just because of your your skills as a player, but literally the circumstances. Is it safe to say without Travis Bader, there's no overseas elite run? I mean, if your flights to what what airline was it? 
Man, I don't even know. Honestly, I just remember I hopped on my flight. I just thought I was going to get there, kind of be there, support the team, you know, maybe play a few minutes here and there, see what it was all about. Um, and I was just, I was shocked a little bit when I found out I was the fifth guy. I'm still a little convinced Drew is, is, is a smart guy. He would have picked somebody up from, you know, sitting in the stands. He would have recruited, you know, himself. He would have hopped out there. That's how much he really wanted to be a part of TBT and wanted to kind of, you know, this group. Um, and I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Uh, so, um, but those guys that I played with, unbelievable talent. So, you know, with me getting there and, and being able to start this whole thing is is part of the story. You know, I'm, I'm all here for it. But those guys, you know, you could have thrown probably a lot of people just as a fifth guy for them. And Eric McCollum would have run away with it and probably scored 40 and carried us to a win. Let's talk a little bit about those guys, because you you guys were unbeatable literally after that after that game. Who, who were some of the guys you really liked playing with? Who were some of the guys that you were like, damn, I didn't, I didn't know they were like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eric McCollum is a straight up bucket. Uh, everybody knows that, you know, you see obviously him and his brother and uh, smaller school type guys and just understand the work ethic discipline it takes to be successful. Um, and he, he impressed me a lot, just his poise, his maturity, you're seeing him now with his professional career and it's unbelievable, you know, what he's doing overseas, what he's doing in EuroLeague. So I love following him still, but I was just always impressed with just kind of how he carried himself, how he kind of led guys at the time. And like I said, it was a group of guys who never played together. And so he kind of took that leadership role amongst himself to, to kind of connect the group. Um, so he's definitely, you know, try to keep in touch with him, uh, played against him overseas you know the year after and stuff like that and kind of had some good dinners with him and whatnot uh kyle fall same thing unbelievable person does a lot of great things outside of the game of basketball um and, and needs to get more credit for kind of you know just what he's doing outside of outside of basketball but on the court same thing straight bucket he carried us to a lot of wins um and then you can go down the list jahandre jefferson you know great dude great player uh, Todd O'Brien at the time, I'm trying to name like, you know, some of the original guys really uh, that that were part of that first game, that first weekend. And then obviously you get to the guys like DJ Kennedy, uh, Kane, who joined the next year. Um, so it just, it goes down the, down the line, down the list of unbelievable town. And once again, that's just amazing, you know, being able to set up that team, being able to put together that group, those individuals, that talent, those personalities too, because you look at the team and there's a lot of personalities on that team. I mean, I can recall just about every championship game, every, you know, uh, final four, whatever it was, as we got closer to kind of winning the whole thing, we almost got in a lot of situations where, you know, it, it's a three point game and all of a sudden Kennedy's getting into it with somebody from the other team and there's a minute to go on the clock and you're just sitting there like, come on, man, we're so close to this money. Um, so being able to just kind of manage just everybody's personalities and the talent, um, it, it was a special group and it kind of keep kept growing, kept growing throughout the years, obviously. Um, but it's kind of cool to reflect back, see that first group, that first unit, you know, the Eric McCollum, Kyle Hall, Jahandre Jefferson, Todd O'Brien, guys like that. So what do you think was the biggest reason why you guys were able to keep winning? Cause you're mentioned, you've mentioned a bunch of really, really good players, but yeah. as TBT got better, 
so did, or as you guys got better, so did TBT. The com- it's not like, hey, overseas elite has the 10 best guys in TBT. Like, they're going to walk through the tournament. Like, why do you think you guys were really able to succeed? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, I think with anything, you have a little bit of luck with winning, um, especially doing it four years in a row. There's a lot of, you know, I, I was part of three, but the team went on to do four years. And you got to look at a couple of these games and, and kind of realize – you do get a little, little bit lucky here and there. You kind of escape with some victories that maybe you look back on and say, well, that could have, you know, that could have been a one-year thing. That could have been a two-year thing, but ended up being four. So I think that's with anything. Um, ball rolled our way a little bit. I also just think it was a group of guys. I think it was the the personalities, like I said, the the confidence in the guys we had on our team. There was never a moment, you know, we would be down a half. We'd other teams would come back and it's a close game to to finish out with the last two minutes and our guys confidence never wavered and which is really impressive considering how pressure filled the tournament is especially our games at the you know looking back at all our championship games i'm pretty sure they were all really close games and like i said you get into it where it is so heated that the other team us you know everybody's thinking about that money as you get a little bit closer and your nerves tense up a little bit. We had a lot of guys go and make some big time free throws. You know, I remember Kennedy taking over, wanting to get fouled, go to the free throw line, tie a game and knocking down some big shots with, you know, 20, 30 seconds left. So I think it's just the group of guys, the personalities, the confidence of these guys. It was a great team. It was awesome, you know, to to be a part of it. And it was Drew Morrison did a great job assembling it. I asked Eric McCollum a similar question. What did your basketball identity look like during this stretch run? Like, were people saying, hey, that's that's Travis Bader from Overseas Elite, or hey, that's that's Travis Bader. He's got a little extra money in his pocket, uh, a little more than the last time I saw him. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, because TBT, so I came out of college, you know, had a pretty good college career, went on to play some summer leagues, you know, had – a bunch of draft workouts, stuff like that. So my, like I said, my goal was always trying to focus on my pro career, the NBA. TBT was relatively new. After we won that first one, it seemed like that became kind of like my identity, the story. Everybody, you know, everybody I saw from my college, my old coaches, everybody's talking about, oh, that money, let me hold something. You're taking me to dinner, uh, talking about TBT. And I'm just like, yeah, I just wrapped up in France and G League too. Like I, I'm going to Lithuania, I'm doing the, stuff like that. But it just always seemed to be focused on TBT, which is pretty cool because I think that we've seen TBT grow. I think that, you know, a lot of it has to do with the players that are now playing it's just high level guys and people want to watch these guys especially from universities you know you have your fan base your alumni your old coaches the old staff stuff like that people want to turn on espn in the summers and see tbt we see it now at wichita state and you have thousands of fans coming back to watch that which is unbelievable so it is kind of taking you know shape and, and form of, of being this huge summer basketball thing where there's no basketball in the summer and now let's watch that and then it becomes a talking point of wow you won one you won two you won three like that's almost become the basketball identity identity of my pro career which is honestly pretty cool i love it i love when people talk about it and kind of hearing about it now is pretty special so we've seen three peats in the nba um, we saw the overseas elite four Pete. It's very rare in college basketball for teams to repeat. And even in TBT, there's only been one repeat champion and it was overseas elite four years in a row. You guys, you know, three and then four. 
Do you think what you guys did will ever be recreated in the world of basketball? I mean, I'd, I'd never say never. Uh, obviously, you look at our team from the start, and, and like I mentioned, there's so many close games of, you know, it could have easily not have worked out for us in the first game. And we end up beating Team Colorado uh, by five points or something. Like, there's a lot of moments in that game you look back on, and it never happened one time. Then it doesn't happen the second. You know, maybe the team gets disassembled, new people. It's just you just don't know the situation. So, I mean, I'd never say never, but four before Pete, four years is is pretty tough to do. Pretty pretty difficult. Uh, you know, when I see someone do two then maybe I'll start to think it's possible. But for now, I'm going to say that Overseas Elite was a pretty special group and being able to do that solely. My last question I have for you, you are retired in terms of your playing career. How big would the pot have to get in TBT to get you to dust off the shoes? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm retired, but I'm playing every day. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still out there. So, um, I mean, it, 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 it just depends on the situation, the – you know, if it was overseas elite grabbing another, trying to get another run at it and then wanted me to join, it'd definitely be something to think about. Um, you always have, you know, at Oakland, I played at Oakland University in college and you always have guys. We had a lot of, you know, really good former uh, or players that played, you know, had good pro careers and a couple of guys over there now. And they always kind of start some messages here and there and say, let's form a team. Let's do this and that. And in my head, it's a little difficult being I was a part of overseas elite for three years and, you know, it's definitely a thing of let's go have fun and let's play. And I'm all for that. But you win three years in a row and you have some high expectations. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Travis Bader, I appreciate this. You, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it without you. There's no <laughs> straight championship for overseas elite. But you you're a you're a TBT legend, a household name everywhere, but definitely in TBT. So appreciate you know, it. Appreciate you coming on and appreciate what you've done for TBT and for basketball. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me. And like I said, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to see that TBT continues to grow. So appreciate you having me. Appreciate you guys, uh, you know, holding out. And I don't know if anybody stalled that first game so I could get there, but it was, it's, it's fun to reflect. So appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Yep. Hope you enjoyed those interviews with Eric McCollum and Travis Bader. You've probably figured it out that each week for the next nine weeks, we're going to be recapping and talking about something special from the first nine TBTs as we are in the 10th anniversary of TBT. Make sure you're following at Inside TBT on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're following at the tournament on Twitter and at the dot tournament on Instagram. Follow on TikTok as well. Tons and tons and tons of good content. Next week, we dive into some key moments from the 2016 tournament, the third ever TBT. Today's episode was all about Overseas Elite. You know, react on Twitter, react on Instagram, tell us what you think of the show, and we'll catch you next week. Clocking out early, that's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender, go and take my car to swipe. You try the same thing, but your car get declined. White rappers nowadays know we're not too hard to find. I'm so dapper with my ways, I'm gonna linger in your mind. Always told me good things, look, I'm too dull to be patient. But I've been way too patient, riding bars in my basement. I'm anxious in the real world, it's time for me to say this. The basics, the talent in my mind, I can't waste it. My life is.
every day is the same ish lazy my grind needs to get a new facelift coming from the underground and busting through the pavement right with it and lean with it my team winning my team winning now right with it and lean with it my team turn up when i spit it now right with it and lean with it my team winning my team Cause oh yeah, that is so raving, racing and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me. Not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle. When you hear the bell, you better be ready to rumble. Because I'ma grab the gloves and I'm gonna flex my muscles. Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble. Cause they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble. Cause I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right on bumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she home. Cause you uncle But no we not related homie No we not some fam You never get in clubs You can't even get in sand You never get in dubs Like the Browns from the land When push comes to shove Wave that 